There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Good morning, everyone. It's Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Mark Dent, here with Rob Litterst and Jacob Cohen, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about the booming cottage industry of treating injured pickleball players, the massive growth of WhatsApp, and some cruise ship news that's going to be tough for the recovering industry to stomach. But before we get to any of that, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Jacob, what's new? Yeah, so first things first, I thought this was cool. In film, space plus AI has normally, I think, been a scary mix. In reality, uh, well, as Ben said in today's email, we will find out soon because NASA is developing a chat GPT-esque assistant for astronauts to use on its forthcoming Lunar Gateway space station. Mm. Very cool. In other news, not now, now, TikTok is saying adios to its Be Real clone TikTok now. Be Real, by the way, says its app passed 20 million daily users in April, though third-party data paints a different picture. According to the New York Times, Gen Zs are over being real. Aptopia data shows a 61% drop in daily users on Be Real between October and March from 15 million to under 6 million. Also, we've got a green light ahead for Tel Aviv-based startup No Traffic, which raised $50 million to help take its smart intersection tech mainstream. The startup already counts 100 North American departments of transportation as customers. And lastly, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, as a marketing stunt before the live-action Barbie movie hits theaters in July. There's now a Malibu dream house, you know, Barbie dollhouse listed oh, yeah. on Airbnb, full life-size Barbie dollhouse, which you can actually book for a free stay in the coming weeks. And Ken is the listed host. And uh, this is definitely going to be a hot commodity on Airbnb. <laughs> oh, it's hot pink everything, too. It's hot pink, yes. They went all out. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember when like the biggest marketing efforts for like big summer blockbusters would be having like cool cups at like Taco Bell. <laughs> yes. You know, with like Batman and Robin or something. So this is a pretty big deal. It is. Yeah. A key question potentially about this Barbie mansion. I wonder if there would be a pickleball court there. Oh, yes. Barbie and Ken definitely strike me as pickleball players. I, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Absolutely yes. happening. Yeah. If they are, then they should be careful. Because Rob, what the heck's going on? It, it looks like there's some real injury trouble going on in pickleball. Yeah. So as you guys know, pickleball is just absolutely exploding right now. We've covered it in multiple ways. And I just came across a report by investment firm UBS, where they broke down something really, really interesting. I think everybody knows that the pickleball market is booming, but there's actually a little sub-niche market of pickleball 
treating pickleball injuries that is probably going to be blowing up. And this UBS report shed a lot of light on that. I'll give you guys some numbers here. So in 2021, roughly 5 million people played pickleball. In 2022, roughly 9 million people played pickleball. And UBS expects 22 million people to play this year. So continuing that absolutely torrent growth. They also assume that seniors make up about a third of pickleball players, which honestly sounds about right. I mean, my parents, they play a lot of pickleball. They know a lot of pickleball players. So I think a third of pickleball players, that sounds roughly accurate, right? They started the trend. They started the trend, no doubt. Honestly, we just need to be following the boomers, I think, in our sport endeavors. The firm cited two studies and ultimately found that pickleball players go to the ER at a rate of about 0.27%, with the majority of injuries occurring among those 60 years or older. So those same seniors we were just talking about. And the majority of injuries, what you would expect here, right? Sprains, strains, fractures with the wrist and the lower leg kind of being the most common areas that get hurt. With that in mind, UBS arrived at the following estimates. So for 2023, they expect 67,000 emergency visits. 366,000 outpatient visits, 9,000 outpatient surgeries, and 4,500 hospitalizations all due to pickleball. And looking at the nature of those injuries and the care needed to treat them, they estimate that the pickleball injury market is going to bring in $377 million in medical costs this year. Wow. (laughs) How insane is that? Yeah, that's a lot of money. As a real quick comparison, the equipment industry for pickleball is 447 million. Sheesh. So, wow. <laughs> so if you're talking the injury market for pickleball is basically the same as the equipment market. Love that. I feel like I heard somewhere it's an unwritten rule for older pickleball players never to try to get a, a ball behind you. Like if you have to step <laughs> back to get something, just let it go. Just let it ride. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a good rule uh, for anyone, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing about those costs for equipment too, Mark, is one of the reasons pickleball is blown up is because it's so cheap. It's really inexpensive to play. It's not like buying golf clubs or something like that where you're going to spend like $1,000. I think a pickleball paddle and some balls will run you like 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you're right. If if you just get one like at the regular sporting goods store, it's definitely cheaper. But, you know, clearly there are some unforeseen costs, especially if you're a bit older. No doubt. All right, let's move on now to WhatsApp. All right, Jacob, there's been some pretty significant growth from WhatsApp over the last few years. We've always kind of known this as, you know, one of the biggest communication apps out there. It's really just skyrocketed since the pandemic, it seems like. Absolutely. Yesterday, we got some new numbers around this growth. We learned that WhatsApp business specifically has crossed the 200 million monthly user mark. And that's up from 50 million in 2020. And, you know, the thing I love about telling stories about WhatsApp is that they always serve as a great time to remind Americans that there are more WhatsApp users in India than there are Americans in the world. It's insane. And it just puts the scale of this app into perspective. Right. And it's really not used so widely in the United States, but in countries like Kenya, South Africa, Nigeria, Brazil, More than 90% of their populations are on the app. And WhatsApp earlier this year said users are sending 7 billion voice messages daily. As of 2020, users are sending around 100 billion text messages daily. Just an enormous app. And now they're looking to really buckle up and turn this app into a revenue generator 
Remember, Meta bought this app back when it was Facebook for $19 billion in 2014. And I think it's underrated how this business unit is looking like a really bright spot for Meta. Millions of businesses around the globe are already using WhatsApp business to connect with and sell things to customers or transfer payments. Hmm. And last year, Zuck said that click to WhatsApp ads, where you can basically click on an ad on Facebook and it'll take you directly to a business's WhatsApp storefront. That click to WhatsApp ad format surpassed a $1.5 billion annual revenue run rate. So that's very impressive. Yesterday, Zook said that they're adding some new, really significant business functions into the app. One is a paid feature, which will let you create those click to WhatsApp ads without even having a Facebook account directly in the WhatsApp app, which is probably really useful for a lot of businesses out there. Another feature, of course, is AI related, and that is sending personalized messages to your customers through WhatsApp. And I think it's just a unit within Meta that does not get a lot of attention day to day. But I think increasingly in probably 10 years from now, it will get a lot more. Yeah, JC, I think one of the biggest things about WhatsApp is that it's just this kind of underspoken about piece of Meta's portfolio Mm -hmm. that's insanely valuable and only going to grow more valuable. It's kind of like this secret little gold mine that they have when everybody else is kind of making fun of Zuck for the metaverse and all that sort of stuff. They still are essentially kind of like the social media utility company. Yeah. Their social media platforms are essentially kind of like utilities in modern life. It's really crazy. It's like they can cling to this. And as you mentioned, try to really focus on revenues here because it could take a lot longer in the other (laughs) departments they're focusing on. And especially with the WhatsApp business part of it. And it's again, I feel like a lot of the people here in the US are probably not aware But the way that it's grown with businesses, in addition to just how their regular user base has grown, just kind of shows the potential that's there. Absolutely. I think if the last decade was about getting people onto WhatsApp, the next is going to be turning the app and that whole user base into its own little economy. It should be cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the last story. Cruise ships. As if we haven't talked about them enough since March 2020. So cruise ships have actually been doing quite well since the pandemic. There's expected to be 31.5 million passengers this year worldwide, according to the Wall Street Journal. Compare that to 14 million in 2021 when it was just kind of getting over the pandemic and to 29.7 million in 2019. So you're talking you know, roughly about pre-pandemic levels. But there is a but. There is an exception that I got to throw in here that's the news part of all this. Norovirus (laughs) is starting to really wreak havoc on the cruise ship industry. Per the Wall Street Journal, there's been 13 outbreaks on cruise ships this year so far. That's compared to four all of last year. Now, an outbreak is when at least 3% of a ship's passengers and crew come down with the same ailment. And so earlier this month on like a Viking cruise ship, around 110 passengers got norovirus. On a celebrity cruise ship, 175 got norovirus. The total so far this year for coming down with norovirus, 1,700 passengers and 240 crew members. Now, those numbers are, again, still pretty small compared to 10 to 15 million who have already gone on a cruise ship so far this year. But, you know, it just goes to show cruise ships are still some pretty tight quarters. Yeah. I mean, I have no desire to ever go on a cruise ship. (laughs) This being half the reason. (laughs) I've been on one and this is my nightmare. Literally having an outbreak on a cruise ship sounds so terrible. And I like 
definitely have a little bit of claustrophobia. So I feel like I would just be freaking out in this situation. <laughs> yes. Uh, say this though for cruise ships is that a lot of other people really want to go on them. You know, like I was saying earlier, the numbers have basically recovered unless, you know, something even wilder than this happens over the next six months. Yeah, Royal Caribbean stock, I was looking, is up around 100% this year. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines is up 60%. And Carnival Cruise Lines is also up around 100%. These stocks have been like pretty volatile since the pandemic, you know, in the last couple of years, like they've gone up and they've gone down and now they're on their way back up. But that's some really significant growth. So it does seem like they are recovered. Yeah. And I think maybe the ultimate sense of cruise ships being back is they're flaunting it. They're trying to get bigger and better and everything. And uh, on the same day that we find out about this news about the norovirus really wreaking havoc on them, there was also some other big news in the cruise ship industry. Royal Caribbean has announced the largest cruise ship ever is now almost finished. It's going to be ready by January 2024. That ship will be 1,200 feet long and weigh 250,000 tons. It's going to hold 5,610 passengers and 2,350 crew members. So maybe it won't be quite as tightly packed in for all that norovirus stuff, maybe. <laughs> and this is only like 12 feet longer than another Royal Caribbean cruise ship. So it's not like a huge thing. But just in comparison, that ship will be 300 feet longer than the Titanic and nearly five times as heavy. Wow. Yeah. Cruise ships. They're back. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. So if you're not subscribed, you can get signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Al and Leanne Elliott as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.